When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Joel and his mom and his fans and the asshole that thought it would be a good idea to turn fucking Billy asshole Joel into a fucking piano man television series. I will start with that news story and you can do all that. Yeah, I really fucking hate Billy Joel. Long Island's favorite son. Second favorite son, I should say. Who's the first? Me? It ought to be fucking Buck Dharma. Oh yeah, third favorite son. <laughs> Welcome to Red Sound Review. I'm here with Mr. Uncle Saxon, the police. Mr. Uh, Uncle Saxon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the sound of the police. It is. <laughs> Much better, actually. Yeah, yeah, that's... And uh, the deceased Greg Noggle, he's here as yep. well. And uh, I'm Mr. Bowie. Wait, no. Yeah, you are a space oddity there. I am. Whoa! What the hell is that? Is that a whistle? Uh, that was a tin can floating in your tin can. Far <laughs> <laughs> above the world. Even that was better than the police. Really? Yeah. You think so? Yeah. Uh, I love the police. They're a great band. Well, that's another show. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah. yeah. What's going on, guys? Anything going on? Nothing? Great. Nope. Good. Well, thanks for joining us tonight. We have part two of Billy Ray Valentine. Uh, so please stay, stick around for that. Very cool interview that Greg missed. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Skype. Yeah. Oh, you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to try something new tonight, and I totally forgot. Next week. I'm reading the wrong things here. What am I doing? Wrong show. So, some news. Uh, I know you love this guy, Greg. Uh, Billy Joel. They're working on a uh, TV series. What do you think? For shame, society. For shame. <laughs> I actually, I'm kind of interested in this. I'm not a Billy Joel fan, even though I'm from Long Island, and he is uh, a Long Island boy, and he is a hometown hero. 
I don't know why. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of interested to see what they're going to do with this. It's called Scenes from an Italian Restaurant. Oh, good God. Yep. I hope it's a scene where uh, Michael Corleone blows the cops head off. <laughs> the police. That'd be pretty rad. Well, it could be the scene where he smashed into a tree a few years ago. That could be the opening scene. The first, uh, the pilot episode. Nah, that's probably that fucking prick caterwauling in some dive in Jersey writing that stupid song about Davy. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't from the Navy. Well, unlike the recent rock-inspired success stories like Bohemian Rhapsody and Rocket Man, scenes from an Italian restaurant will show the real-life bio- biography format instead, uh, and instead create a scripted world based around the songs. Characters from Joel's work will be featured in the series, included The Stranger, The Piano Man, Mama Leon, and Sergeant O'Leary. Mm. I'm going to watch. I watched the first, uh, first episode. It's interesting. Exactly. Eh. Really, Joel really is a beautiful storyteller. He is. He's a, he's a wonderful storyteller. I wish he would put me to bed at night and read me stories. Uh, no? Uh, <laughs> he sings like he's got diarrhea of the mouth. He tries to shove too much shit into one song. And he's got a really annoying voice. But uh, He does. He does. I don't get the, the hype about him at all. I was at a winery a few years ago, and a Billy Joel song came on. And this guy in the corner, all of a sudden, he looks at me, and he goes, Yeah, Billy Joel! And I'm like, no, sorry. Yeah, no. He's very irritating. Yeah. Moving along, Grateful Dead lyricist Robert Hunter dies at 78. I'm not a Grateful Dead fan. You guys Um... No, I'm not a not a Grateful Dead fan. Uh, he was a really good lyricist, though. I yeah. will say I've read like uh, books of his lyrics and shit like that, and oh, yeah. pretty cool. But uh, I just don't get into the whole hippie jam band thing. It's not interesting. Yeah, me neither. I've tried and tried and tried. I, there's another thing I don't get is the the uh, uh, Grateful Dead. Yeah, don't, me don't neither. I don't know nothing about them. Yeah, me neither. The news is very thin tonight. There's really nothing going on in, in anything, honestly. Uh, the only kind of metal thing is uh, original Motorhead guitarist Larry Wallace dies at eighty at uh, 70. And he the world the, asks. Uh, who is, yeah. <laughs> he was on the first album on parole, which I guess didn't get released until what, uh, like the second or third album came out or something like that? Yeah, it came out after uh, Bomber was already out in like 79. Yeah. They just did it to capitalize on the Motorhead name. Yeah. I mean, I actually, it's it's neat to listen to, but the actual album with uh, Eddie and Phil is a lot better. Yeah. Just, just a better, tighter unit. Yeah, I like it. It's yeah. cool. It's, it's cool to see... <laughs> It's cool. It's cool to see how they started out, though. It's different. It's like how Rush started out. They didn't start out sounding, you know, as progressive as they became. No. 
You know, I um, I mean, I like shit like that from bands I like, and that's why I have on parole. But that's why I got those expanded death box sets. You know, most people wouldn't give a fuck, but it's cool to listen to the demos, which a real amazing part of is he played a lot of the instruments on some of them, everything completely by himself. But mm. it's cool to hear the songs take shape. Yeah. All right, cool. The uh, Prince of Death Metal. Who's that? Yep. Chuck Schindler. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I was never a Death fan either. Man, I, I just don't like anything we're talking about tonight at all. That's a shame. Everybody should have at least one Death album. He's a good guitar player. I just I can't stand the way he sings. It just doesn't work for me. Uh, it's a shame because I like the music. Towards the end is a little much for me. Mm-hmm. It's hard to listen to that full album, The Sound of Perseverance, in one sitting. But I still mm-hmm. like it, but... Probably like spiritual is. healing. Yeah, he'd mm-hmm. like spiritual healing. Maybe. Yeah. I'll give it a shot one day. Maybe we'll do it on the show one day. Yeah. He might look like human a little bit more, actually. Maybe. Uh, and other sad news. Uh, something, again, I didn't, I've didn't. i never seen. Uh, uh, Sid Haig from the movie... Uh, what the hell is that movie? Devil's Rejects. Mm-hmm. He died at 80 years old. I didn't know he was that old. I liked him in those movies. Um, yeah, he was pretty good in those. I like him in some of the older stuff I've seen him into. Galaxy of Terror. And, uh, he got I, can't start. Re- I can't remember the other one right now. They're old Roger Corman B movies, but uh, he was always a good character actor. Yeah. He, he I got just don't know a ton about the guy. <laughs> Yeah, I was just reading here. He got a start in uh, horror movie horror movies in 1967. Spider Baby or the Maddest Story Ever Told. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Jackie Brown, Kill Bill Volume Two, uh, Night of the Living Dead 3D, Halloween, uh, a 2007's Halloween, uh, The Lords of Salem, another Rob Zombie movie, and Bone yeah. Tomahawk. So. That is the obituary version of Rat Well, here, here's a uh, interesting fact. Speaking of Sid Haig and Galaxy of Terror, which is basically a uh, 1981 Roger Corman ripoff of Alien, but still entertaining nonetheless, you can see Aaron Moran. That's right. Joni from Happy Days get raped by a giant space worm. Oh, yeah. I don't know why you'd want to see that, but okay. Uh, well, it's it's more like she's just kind of rubbing up against the giant worm puppet for a couple minutes while they're covered in vegetable oil, but you know. Yeah. Not for me. to see that. No. I don't think so either. I find it Mrs. funny. Mrs. Cunningham. Mrs. Cunningham. Marion Ross. I'd watch that shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else? Just a short, uh, short intro for a show. Yeah. There's nothing going on, man. It really isn't. I was really surprised. I thought stuff was going on, but nothing. Just people dying. Everybody's yeah. Dead. That's what happens. Avril Lavigne was great last night. Oh, yes. How was your Avril Lavigne show? I almost forgot. There's your Uncle Saxon story. Uncle Saxon, the year was 2019, yesterday. And <laughs> I saw Avril Lavigne, and she was terrific. And... uh all I got seen. 
and Steve. <laughs> Baby Metal on Saturday was fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And Teen and the B-Sides on Friday was probably the best of the whole yeah, sure. five-day period. Three shows in five days, that's not too bad, huh? No, not at all. Not at all. I don't do five shows in a year. Or three shows in a year. Maybe. Yeah. Not even one. Melissa, Melissa got kudos up and down from the one of the new companies she's working for, so they're just going to throw tons of work at her now. Awesome. That's good. So, she's running around in the trusses being monkey girl, 30 <laughs> feet in the air. Sounds cool. So did yeah. Avril play all her hits? Yeah. Yep. You singing along? Um, I had community service yesterday, and I, I, you know what I ended up doing? What? There was like nine of us, and we all had these huge grinders, and we're grinding the puck marks off the boards in an ice arena. Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, six hours of that, and I was really fucking sore, man. So I just kind of <laughs> stood there bobbing my head for Avril. What happens at the the uh, what's that the Bonzoni or whatever else? What is it called? Zamboni. Zam- just Zamboni is the ice. Oh, it yeah. doesn't get rid of the marks. Oh, no. not on the boards. Oh, that sucks. So, sounds like sounds like fun. Yeah, it was not. <laughs> I couldn't even think of one Avril Lavigne song. Complicated um, Skater Boy. Oh yeah, <laughs> Skater Boy. <laughs> Girlfriend. Yeah, I forgot about that. My friend, water. Another friend of mine loves uh, Avril Lavigne too. So you're not alone. Was the place packed? Oh, to the rafters. Yeah. It was me and uh, five thousand screaming genie boppers, but that's what it is. And really? Melissa, but she could pass for a screaming genie <laughs> I'm surprised Teeny Boppers really know who she is, though. Like, what has she really put out since? Uh, God, I don't even... Came out with six months ago. Yeah? Yeah, I was going to say, she's still pretty popular there, Wayne. Really? I mean, I, I don't listen to it, but yeah. Wow. I can't tell you the last time I've heard a song. Actually, the last song I probably heard was Skater Boy. That's how much I pay attention. Yeah, they had some technical difficulties, so that was uh, interesting, but whatever. Like what? Well, one channel went out, so the whole right side of the stage didn't have any music coming out of it. Yeah. Um, uh, they had some piano issues, you know, shit like that. Did they actually have a piano player, or they had like a, uh, a background? Uh, she uh, played half the time, and then the keyboardist played half the time. Okay. So it's not like some backup uh, tape or something. Uh-uh. No. That's cool. Very all, cool. all live. Good tight band, though. Very good. Anything else? No. All right. Then we will get right to uh, Billy Ray Valentine. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Adios. Bye. Um, What was I just going to say? Oh, we were were talking about uh, Sting earlier, and I was listening to your uh, the Sting episode that you did with all all the talk about the you know the 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 police kind of. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I can't describe it. Yeah. Um, that was, that was a crazy episode. It is a crazy. It's crazy. That was Mark Devlin actually, and okay. Mark Devlin is going to be at Shoot the Moon NYC. Oh, okay. It's funny. Yeah, and I think that's the first time I spoke to him when we did that episode, and and he draws the CIA connections 
right. of Stuart Copeland, yeah. you know, and the Copeland family, you know, and where they come from, the military background of, of the Copeland family and, and how many different musical acts they had their, their hands in. It's mm-hmm. kind of crazy when you get to when you get to 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 researching it. Right. I'm not, you know what? Maybe one day I'll, I'll ask Mark to to come and talk to you guys. Yeah. Uh, he has incredible freaking knowledge and all of this stuff. Like, I, I mean, I don't remember it as detailed as he does, right. but it was, it's definitely through Stuart Copeland, you know, that, 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 that connection came through. Yeah. Yeah. I had to listen to that episode a couple of times because I was like, holy shit, you know, that kind of, kind of makes sense, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I don't know. It's crazy, like, man. And, and I was actually listening to, uh, to one that I did with John Potash, um, in preparation for this, because I wanted to, you know, talk about Jimmy, Jimi Hendrix. And I was like, maybe I'll throw that in there. And, and, I, and I didn't remember the details of it because it, it had blown me away because I didn't really know about it until we did the show. Right. But it, Jimi Hendrix was potentially murdered by, by MI6. You know, and I didn't know this. And, I, you know, everybody gets the narrative that he OD'd on drugs. Right. You know, yeah. and um, may not be the truth. Apparently he had a, a CIA, not a CIA, MI6 handler. I think it was, God, I forget the guy's name. Now I'm blanking on the, on the guy's name. Um, I'll get it. But, uh, he, it wasn't his manager. It was as soon as he was blowing up, this guy came into the picture. Turns out he's MI6. And, um, you know, he, they tried to steer him away from any like anti-war, uh, pro, apparently, uh, Jimi Hendrix was very pro, pro Black Panther and pro unity. And he right, had a yeah. ton of white fans and a ton of black fans and, and they couldn't really have somebody in that position, really, because Jimmy was everybody loved Jimmy. He was he was so cool, you know, and his music was resonating with so many different people that they, they actually really got afraid. And and they threw a guy on him, you know, and that's a handler in music. You know, everybody has a handle nowadays or whatever, but uh, started very early on. And uh, he fired this guy. And uh, two days after firing the guy. Jimmy Hendrix dies, you know, and um, damn it, I'm blanking on the guy's name. I'll get it for you guys. Now. Um, and uh, he was drunken a few times and he, quote unquote, confessed uh, to having had Jimmy Hendrix killed um, as a result of it, of all that other stuff or whatever. But um, they had somebody on him from the get, you know, so I was listening to that episode uh, and that's CIA as weapons against us. I think drugs as weapons against us is the name of the documentary. And uh, they went through Jimi Hendrix, uh, The Doors. They went through um, some of the Kurt Cobain and Courtney Love. Courtney Love, oh my gosh. She is she is like swimming in CIA connections. It's incredible. Yeah. You know, that that um even that she was, uh, this is documented, like in, in several biographies coming from her, you know, like that she was, prostituting for for the japanese mafia you know yeah man like go look it up it's it's nuts it's nuts what courtney love actually was and it makes a lot of sense because courtney love had zero talent right yeah pretty much much. (laughs) she's one of the that hasn't stopped a lot of people though right about that in in particular now america has fickle taste and and talent Uh, man when you know what what i'm starting to to come, not starting to it, but for a long time I've had this understanding is that America, and it's not just America, it's the developed, the developed world, and, and we're pretty much told what to like. Right. Yep. 
Yeah, you know? I, I think so. Yeah. And uh, and we might genuinely like it, you know, but but uh, it's put out there, and and they're like, well, here here are your choices. This yeah. is what you've got to listen to. And, Especially uh, when 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 you're listening to the radio, like you know, we at work, right? And you listen to the radio, you hear one song come on in the morning, and like say you come back from lunch, and then you hear that same song again playing that you heard before you went to lunch. It's like, come on, there's something going on here. Yeah, absolutely. You know? uh, Go ahead. Sorry. Saxon. What? You saying something? Oh, I thought you were saying something. Oh. I can't oh, say anything. Really have, have, uh, have you ever looked into the, the – see, I'm a big Bob Marley guy. Yeah. Um, he's actually my, my inspiration for life. Wow. Have you ever looked into his conspiracy? Oh, man, yeah. There is a – Actually, a quite good documentary on Netflix right now. Have you seen it? Who no. Shot the Sheriff? I think that's the name uh-huh. of it. That's watch awesome. watch it on yeah. Netflix. It's freaking phenomenal. And it details. Because they, they had a big problem with Bob Marley. You know, they, they shot up. He was supposed to die. And uh, he right. ended up coming out alive. And it's the same thing. When you root a lot of these artists, not just artists, just political figures like Martin Luther King, JFK, you know, so, so, so many of these people, they were bringing people together. Right. Just because, right. you know, they, they had such appeal with the entire masses, with everyone. Bob, everyone loves Bob Marley universally. Yeah. You know, whether you're Latino, black, white, Asian, it doesn't matter. You love Bob Marley. Right. Like he was one of your own. You know, and, and Bob Marley was all about the unity. He was all about bringing people together and they offed them, you know. I mean, uh, well, they definitely tried for sure. The CIA um, was infiltrating Jamaica hard, and and that that could be an entire show. You need to watch this document. Actually, you know what? I'll send it over to you guys. Who shot the sheriff? I think it is. I'll, I'll look it up during the course of the interview and, and and put it out there. I saw it about four or five months ago, but they do a really good job at at documenting the CIA influences in Jamaica, and. Uh, and the drug trade over there, because it's always about drugs, and uh, yeah. how they hired people to kill Bob Marley. They they wanted to kill him. I mean, Bob Marley ended up surviving, but there are also conspiracy theories, and this is where the circumstantial comes in, right? We don't know that. Um, so somehow he got fast at acting cancer and just died, you know. And uh, they don't know if it was injected into him because you know that there was a something that happened with his toe. He was playing soccer. Right. And um, one of his toes got infected, but they've they've claimed to have debunked that. But you you just don't know. We don't know either way. Thing is, he got cancer and and passed away. They they achieved their goal. They were trying to kill this guy for a long time. But that documentary actually does a really good job at going into a lot of the whoa, something is seriously up with the Bob Marley with the Bob Marley situation. They they really wanted to get rid of him. I love Bob. It would have been. That's one of the one of the few people that like I've I saw Prince live, but I didn't see Prince and the Revolution. I would have loved to have like a, a time machine to go back and see Prince and the Revolution, to go back and see Bob Marley. You know what I mean? Like if if, if literally if I if I had access to something like that, you know, let yeah. take take me to go see James Brown or maybe the Stones at the, at their height. You know, like when when they were young and and ruthless, they're still pretty Be ruthless. Punk. But but um, I'd love to go see them. You know, but uh. Bob Marley, I, I love. I love Bob. I'm going to send that to you, Unc. Cool. Thanks. Yeah, please do. Have you ever seen Prince live, uh, Saxon? I have. Oh, go ahead. Uh, 
people ask me what my three favorite concerts I've ever been to are, and I tell them Prince, Prince, and fucking Prince. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen Prince. Um, and that's the truth. He put on the best show. I'll put I'll put Prince up against Rage Against the Machine as far as uh, performer goes. You know, uh, that guy yeah. absolutely uh, in uh, he just held every person in that building captive with his talent. The greatest musical genius of our generation. I Barnum. agree. I agree. And I have arguments with people about this all the time. <laughs> you know, because people talk about, you know, Stevie Wonder, John Lennon. Actually, you know what? Uh, Jimi Hendrix and John Lennon. Jimi Hendrix was going to start a band with John Lennon. It's another guy that they killed. They killed John Lennon. You know, and um, that one, that's a hell of a, of a conspiracy theory to go down. Mm. Um, but Jimi Hendrix was going to start a band with him. You know, wow. um, I saw... Prince in Madison Square Garden. I don't remember what year. It was very, very good. You know, but it wasn't Prince and the Revolution, of course. But I, I think if Prince, uh, if I ever got to see Prince and the Revolution in like 84, 85, like I was a child, I was like three years old. If I had ever got to see that, man, I, I definitely think it could rival Rage Against the Machine. Just based on stuff that I'm watching on, on, on you know, YouTube or old concert footage, I'm like, my God, this must have been amazing. Yes. But I have arguments with people all the time about who the greatest of all time was, right? And Prince, you really, I mean, some people just don't resonate with his music. That's fine. But the guy is just a freaking genius. You know, he's just, (laughs) (laughs) he is a musical freaking genius, a musical genius. I mean, how many hits do you, I mean, he can literally create an artist and, and make them. He did it for for the time. He he wrote everything Morris Day and the Time ever did. Yep. You know, um, the biggest hits for um for the Bengals were written by Prince. You know, um, oh, really? Sheila E. Prince wrote that. Prince yeah, Prince right. created it's it's almost like Prince created that scene, and he really was that scene. As uh, I, I'm sure you know, Unc, that um as part of his contract, right? He he um. He had that that he got to recruit, produce, and develop other musical acts as outlets for him because he was just pumping out so much music. And he wanted the Prince entity to be one thing, but he wanted to maybe he wanted to explore soul or something or, or rock, right? When he went to Purple Rain, but he still wanted to do the funk. So the time would do the funk, you know what I mean? And and uh, and it was all Prince, everything was Prince. Just on another level, that guy, I, I, I just, I haven't seen a musical talent, definitely not since he's been alive, that even comes close. What was the whole deal with him changing his name to that symbol? What was that all about? I don't know. From, from what I remember, right, it was the, the whole dispute with Warner Brothers. He was a very... Oh, was uh, it? Okay. Yeah, he, he was a very in-tuned guy when it came to spirituality for a certain... I mean, there's a bunch of people that called him a dick, too. You know, I never met Prince. They, a, lot, a lot of people didn't really like him. He, he might have been a real asshole. But he uh, he knew uh, a lot of, you know, occultish type information. He, the guy wasn't an idiot by any stretch. And uh, the symbols meant stuff to him. You know, he predicted, he predicted 9-11. You know? <laughs> I remember hearing that in your show, yeah. Yeah, he predicted 9-11. Like, I mean, like, uh, he must have known something. You know, um, when he died, and and this was the most. Um, I remember it when he when he passed away, and and this just blew my mind was his avatars on Twitter, because mm-hmm. uh, he had a, he had an avatar on Twitter, 
with him and the tri shade glasses, right? So it's one glass, two, three. Got a one for his third eye. And he was, he was rocking these for a bit. Right. The new incarnation of Prince. Actually, I collect Funko Pops because I'm a geek. <laughs> <laughs> and I have the Prince Funko Pop with the three eyes, with the three oh, eye wow. shades. So when he passed, that was his avatar on Twitter. And when he passed away, it was changed instantly. Like, I mean, so somebody knew he was he was going to pass away. They knew he was sick. Some, something was up because instantly it changed and the glasses came off and his two eyes were closed, but his third eye was open. It was crazy. Oh, wow. That's weird. It was crazy. Yeah, it was weird. Um, and that, that's almost instant after he died. Some people report that it was right before he died. I don't know. I can't confirm that. Yeah. But, um, you know, he, he, he knew something. Something was up. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I remember on that show that you did, they were playing, you were playing um, some things that he said during his concerts and stuff that, you know, something was going to happen and things yeah. like that. That's yeah, when he, yeah when, he, when he predicted 9-11, he's like, Osama bin Laden getting ready to bomb. He kept saying it, you know, <laughs> yeah. 2001, here we come. You know, I was like, whoa, you know, like, what, what do you do? Insect, like what, what did he know right. you know he, clearly he knew something right beforehand like you don't just say things like that right you yeah. don't so I, I i don't i don't know how to explain it to be honest with you and that's right. the sort of thing that makes you go hmm you know you're like what what, what was that what, why and we may never get the answer probably we'll never know about 90 percent of the things that we explore on the infinite fringe or just on on in the mainstream media period Right. We'll never get the full. We will never know what the hell happened to Epstein. Yeah, we'll never know. You know, we'll, we'll, but we can speculate all day long. You know, and and there's a lot of circumstantial uh, evidence that will point in particular directions, and we can go there and we can make an educated guess as to what we think happened to him. Right. We'll never know what really happened to him. Same thing with Prince. Same thing with everybody else. Yeah, I think uh, I know you're a big David Bowie fan. Think anything happened to him? <laughs> Uh, that's my dude, man. Um, <laughs> I, I loved Bowie. I loved him so much. Um, when he passed, I I remember it. It was January sixteenth, I think it was. I was I woke up to go to work, and I always turn on New York One. I don't know if you get that out in Long Island. Nah. I don't get it anymore. I cut it off. I only have Sling TV. <laughs> but um, I, I every morning I would turn on either New York One or Bronx Net. It's the same thing here, right? Yeah. And um. And uh, he said, David Bowie passed away. And I was like, what? Like, I could, it could not, like, I had to see it again. I'm like, wait a minute. My wife is like, David Bowie died. I'm like, what, what, what are you talking about? And I, went, and I had known that he was suffering from cancer. Oh, really? Uh, about a year or two years prior to him passing away. Because um, my sister knew this guy that would take him his, medi- his medication. Oh, you wow. know, and they told me, yeah, they were like, you know, um, David Bowie is on some heavy medication for cancer. And I was like, yeah, whatever. We can't we can't verify that. You know what I mean? We don't know. I mean, that's there's some dude just saying it. Right. Yeah. But uh, it turned out to be, you know, I mean, well, regardless whether it's true or not, the guy died of cancer. Right. So there you go. Um, but I loved David Bowie. Like it was it was just uh, Let's Dance was, you know, and that's not his greatest song but that's the song that i remember more than anything else because it just struck me yeah. who was the dude from that wrote that song he wrote china girl he wrote a couple of others man yeah. i forget his name oh is it uh brian ferry no was he involved in that no 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 no. i mean he might have been involved but it wasn't him that wrote it it was the guy from, 
Simpson. At, uh, gosh. Uh, Greg would probably know. He, yeah. he wasn't, no, he wasn't chic. He wrote good times. Good. Oh, uh, uh, Niles. Yes. Niles Rogers. Thank you. Yes. Um, he, he wrote, um, a large part of let's dance the guitar part anyway, you know, and, um, you can hear it there. And I was a big fan of, of what they did. Like that disco sound. I dig disco. I think disco gets a bad rap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making a lot of friends here today, man. Uh, I don't know about that. I think Billy Ray's time is up. Good night, it's Billy Ray. Time to go, ladies. Yeah, go. <laughs> nice, nice. But, um, but, uh, but yeah, so that sound, you know, I mean, and, and I, apparently I wasn't the only one because David Bowie recruited this guy. He's a musical genius, you know, yeah. Miles Rogers. And uh, he wrote Let's Dance. And I was like, all right, I, I dig this a lot, you know, and uh, and then the Labyrinth, of course, and all that other stuff. But, um, as I matured, I started listening to his uh, older stuff. Yeah. And, and to be honest with you, I only picked up Ziggy Stardust and the, and the Spiders from Mars because music was already on the way down. Mm. And uh, I was looking for something new. I was looking for something different. And I was like, all right, there was a 20th anniversary that came out, box set of Ziggy Stardust. And it was the Virgin Megastore here in Times Square. I used to live there, bro. I don't know if you ever <laughs> got to see it. Yeah, but it yeah, was Beautiful, right? You walked in there, it was a music uh, paradise. It had right. giant banners of all these albums and tons of CDs. I would sit there and go through them and just try to find imports and, and B-sides that you yeah, can't that really find anywhere else. It was phenomenal. That place was awesome. It was awesome. So I, I picked up this album and I started listening to it in first three songs. First song was five years. It's like, oh my God. Like I was like, where has this been all my life? And then I just yeah. kept going and going and going. And um, I saw him live. Um, I don't remember the year, man. I have the ticket stub. But in, in, at Queens College, I saw him live. He did a, a tour of New York. He did, a, he did the Bronx. He did uh, Jimmy's Bronx Cafe. And I couldn't get tickets. I mean, the place is... Jimmy's Bronx Cafe hold, held like 60 people or something. Right, yeah. yeah and, and I couldn't get tickets. He did CBGB's here in Manhattan. I couldn't get tickets. Um, he did, I think he did the stone pony in Jersey. He did some spot, some legendary spot in Staten Island. I don't remember what the name of it was. And in Queens, he did Queens college and I was able to get one ticket at Queens college. Um, and I went and saw him there. He played for like, I don't know, three hours. It was fantastic. What year Um, was that? I don't remember, man. Um, I have the ticket stub, so I'd have to go back and and see it. But, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't, I might've been. I don't remember, man. I really don't. It was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was never... during, during Heathen when Heathen came oh, out. Oh, okay. So that's probably like that tour, two thousand one ish, maybe. Yeah, it was. It was yeah. that. Tour. Yeah. So, um, fantastic stuff, and and uh, yeah, when he died, it, it kind of it kind of affected me. I was like, oh man, David Bowie passed away, but he was super occult, right? Yeah. And I learned that after the fact. The, the dude was pretty much a magician. Like he would do rituals, man. Like he, he he wasn't what people what people um make fun of other people for. David Bowie actually did, you yeah. know, and, and he performed it on stage. You know, he was trying to achieve certain things magically. He used to uh, subscribe to Aleister Crowley, of course, and a lot mm-hmm. of those philosophies. You know, and he went down that road. Um, Black Star, right? That yeah. album is like literally encoded. I think. We'll be finding new things fifty years from now. Yeah, that yeah, I heard. About. I heard about that. Yeah, 
it's it's ridiculous, you know. Like, and um, that's the way he wanted to go out. He went out like a G, yeah. you know. He really did. Like, uh, he knew he was gonna die. He's like, let me make this phenomenal album. Uh, Lazarus is one of the greatest songs I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I love incredibly depressing music. This is why I love Radiohead, and that song is just pretty depressing. Um, yeah. but uh, but that and the videos are are encoded, and we've gone through some of it on the fringe, I think. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, that the, video that he did for that Lazarus song is Lazarus is the Black yeah. Star. Yeah, they're, they're all encoded, kind of telling you that he's gonna die. You know what yeah. I mean? It, yeah, he's it, in the hospital and st- or something in that video, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he was in a hospice, pretty much. I think. Yeah, yeah. And, and then it 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 uh, it it uh, documents his career, kind of. Yeah. You know, you see you see things from he picks Major Tom, like you see Major Tom dead in in uh, in the five star, uh, the the Black Star video. You know, there's a there's a skeleton there with a major's uh, uniform on. It's pretty much Major Tom, you know. Yeah. So he 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 just sprinkles it all through. The guy was a freaking genius, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I I got I have a lot of his albums. I can't tell you that I like all of them. I just have right. them because I wanted to listen to them and see what was going on. But uh, there's enough in in a lot of this stuff that I really dig. Yeah, yeah. There, there was a period in time in like the '90s, uh, you know, the mid '90s or whatever, when grunge was starting to get big, and that's when he kind of like went off into like this industrial kind of sound, and he just went completely uh, far away from what he was known to do. I didn't dig that, but mm-hmm. then I did. I yeah, didn't, I still I didn't want to like stuff. Earthling. I didn't want to like it, and I, I didn't yeah. like Nine Inch Nails either. And uh, Trent Reznor had a lot to do with Earthling. Yeah. Okay. And. and um a few like a year later i started really getting into it yeah yeah earthling is a very underrated album it's not for everyone it's really no. not and i understand it was that that niche sound of the mm-hmm. 90s yeah you know and every era has it yeah. you know and trent reznor was instrumental in that so if you don't like nine inch nails you're probably not gonna like Earthling. <laughs> yeah. but um very but electronic sound yeah yeah very electronic sign it's in a it's an iconic cover Right. With him standing there with the British flag trench coat turned yeah. around, and they had they had a, a I don't know if you get if you got to see it, um, but they had like a David Bowie exhibit here in the city, oh, really? uh, and they put that on display. Oh. Uh, the the coat I didn't get to see it myself, but I know a lot of people that did that went around to go see it, and it was phenomenal. Man. Oh wow, I had no idea. Yeah, when was that? Last summer, I think, bro. Oh really? Is that yeah? It wasn't oh, long. Okay. Yeah, yeah, oh, was so it was uh, I guess a tribute to when he died then, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Yeah, I, f- I forget exactly what it was. I really wanted to go out there, and I'm I'm I guess I'm not the greatest David Bowie fan because I didn't. Make it. <laughs> that's all right. But I wanted. Yeah. You still got some of his albums. That's that's all that matters. <laughs> I right. like Earthling. Nobody else does. Okay, so I guess that counts for something. Yeah. All right. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, we had a lot of fun talking to you. Uh. We did, we actually did a show with uh, uh, your buddy Big Ray a couple of days ago. The Impact I Attack. I don't know who that guy is. Yeah, he was a real pain in the ass. <laughs> I, I never want to see that guy ever again. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. My <laughs> man, Big Ray. What's up, buddy? What what did he talk about? My gosh. Oh my! I don't think we let him talk, did we? No. Yeah, he talked a lot. I don't know. We just did a lot of nonsense. It was it was pretty fun. But he wanted you to talk about uh, some gap stories you and him had. Oh God! Oh my God! Give me just a second. We had him on. We had him on at three o'clock in the morning, too. By the way, <laughs> you guys stayed up till three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I was up till four. Yeah. All right, guys. Hey, we're going to a show together, hands down. All right, we're let doing me, this. Let me know. Uncle, I'll go with you. Are you are you close? Minneapolis, buddy. 
Oh, man. No. Yeah, they're, we'll, they're a bit of a drive. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, now I know why you're such a big fan of Prince. When, uh, yep. when, uh, when the revolution is together and they're performing out there, I'll, I'll take a flight, I'll call you up, and we'll go, we'll go see the revolution. That'll be freaking I saw them last summer, and it was, it was amazing. Absolutely, and they went on to stop, oh, and I missed that tour. They came here, and I had something to do, and I couldn't do. I'm, uh, I don't, I don't even want to talk about it, man. I'm very, very <laughs> sad. Um, I, I met Big Ray at the Gap, yeah. right? And this is the Gap at the World Trade Center, right? Yeah. This is part of the reason why the World Trade Center is such is such dear to my heart. I did a lot of things around there. I went to high school across the street from the Trade Center. I had my first job across the street from the Trade Center. I I was I worked inside the Trade Center. I did so many things. I loved the Trade Center area. Yeah. I mean, it's you know. But anyway, I, I met I met his ass there, and um, he was a security guard. And uh, one time, uh, I'll tell you this: I, I saw him chase some dude down the street. He, he freaking did it. He's he's a maniac. Somebody was trying to steal something, and and uh, I don't even I don't even think he wanted uh, to to get the merchandise back. He just wanted to hurt this guy. <laughs> and freaking took off. I'm like, Ray, get back here. And he freaking t- took off. Ray's a big dude, man. And he's fast, too. So he's a scary dude. So I saw that. Um, he, he wanted to be a pro wrestler. His name was Ray Rockefeller. And he, and, and he still says, like, how do you remember that? I'm like, how can I forget? He used to tell me all the time. He used to be like, hey, you know what? I'm going to be a pro wrestler. I'm like, really? You're going to be a pro wrestler? He's like, yeah, man. Yeah. He's like, my father used to be a pro wrestler. I'm going to be a pro wrestler. I'm like, okay. Like, well, what's going to be your name? He's like, Ray. Like, Ray Rockefeller. Like, get it? Rockefeller. I'm like, yeah, I get it, Ray. I get it, man. <laughs> uh, uh, he Rockefeller. A, yeah, good Ray, Ray Rockefeller. No, but he was a cool, he's still a cool dude, man. He, he, he got into a lot of, uh, a, lot, a lot of things in those fitting rooms. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't do stuff in those fitting rooms, guys. I mean, don't ever go into a gap fitting room, man. The things that go on there, you don't. He, he told us some stories, but I don't want you to say it on air. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell me, uh, <laughs> off air. Yeah, don't, 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 don't. <laughs> um, nah, man, that, uh, what else? I mean, I don't know what else I can tell you, but uh, mm-hmm. we met there, you know, and, uh, it's funny how, how life comes around, right? Because we fell out of contact. Yeah. I took off. Before 9-11, I think I, I took off at 2000, and then uh, Ray was transferred to a different store anyway. Yeah. You know, we were cool, but, but uh, we didn't, you know, we, we didn't stay in contact. I think I saw him once around my area where I used to live. We bumped into each other. I'm like, yo, Ray, what's up? And we started talking. But then um, he started working with Bill Apter at OneWrestling.com, right. and uh, I was doing a PW Hustle just independently of each other. And uh, I was already hating the WWE because it was bad. So <laughs> it hasn't gotten any better. And then it's gotten worse. It's gotten worse. Yeah. So I, I started, um, I didn't watch a pay-per-view and I'm looking for reviews to somebody could tell me of what is happening. And I bump into Ray. I'm like, what the fuck wow. is this Ray? Is this Ray? And uh, I'm like, my God, look at this guy. I'm like, he's working for onewrestling.com. So I reach out to him. You know, and uh, I created a Twitter account, and then I was going to take it down right afterwards. And he was like, no, 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 don't take it down. You're going to need that. I'm like, all right, man. And, uh, you know, he started listening to what we were doing on The Hustle, and he came over and joined us. And then he put us on OneWrestling.com, and here we are. You know, so that, that's, the way, that's the way life goes, man. You never know who you're going to meet and what, what, what they're going to affect later on. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. crazy. And it's happened in my life so many different times. So I just appreciate people. 
you know, you see them once, you know, and, and you never know how they're going to affect you later on down the road. So, yeah. so I, I, I try to, I try to just uh, soak in every time I'm with somebody like well, I'm with you guys and it's freaking phenomenal. And, yeah. and, you know, I mean, I, I pissed off the other guy cause I said nine inch nails. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but, he's been, he's been texting me. He's been trying I, to get back I, in, but uh, I know, I know I'm, I'm kidding. You, you know, but, uh, the Skype issue. You guys have Skype issues all the time. So. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about Skype, but yeah, man, like, like it's, it's just funny how life comes around. So, and uh, that, that's what it is. So now, you know, Ray and I are a part of Hami media and I mean, I don't foresee a future well where I'm not friends with Ray, you know what I mean? Like we, we talk all the time about nonsense, nine times out of 10, we're just insulting each other, but you know, it's what we do. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, tell us about the shoot the moon uh, documentary thing you got going on in October. Are you coming? What? Are you coming? Am I coming? Are you um, I don't know. I doubt it. Come I would like. I would like to. Come on, I'll let you in for free. Come on, you <laughs> gotta right, come. See. You're I'll in see. Long. You have no excuse. I, no know, excuse. I know. I don't. I know. Zero. Shoot the moon, NYC. Um, you don't even have to show up for the whole thing. Just show up, say what's up, man. Sit down. You know what I mean. Shake hands. I'll buy you a beer. I don't drink, but me neither. Buy you with you. Oh, f- fine. I'll buy you a water. Anyway. <laughs> Shoot the Moon NYC. We're doing a, a conference, man. And uh, it's another thing I never thought I'd be doing. You know what I mean? You just put it out there and boom, all of a sudden it happens. Right. Mark Devlin is coming over from the UK and he's going to give a talk on uh, the 70s um, music scene in New York City. Okay. You know, and and how, I don't know what he's linking it into, but he's getting into Studio 54 and a bunch of that stuff. Um, so it's going to be interesting. He's coming all the way from the UK. You, we don't get to see Mark Devlin over here very often. So that's a good thing. Uh, John Brissom, my boy, is coming up from North Carolina, and he's going to give a talk on uh, the on the truth movement and how it's been co-opted in a lot of ways and how we're being manipulated to believe certain things from different people and, you know, all that stuff. Wayne McCroy is coming from deep in Pennsylvania and uh, he's going to give a talk on uh, transhumanism, most likely. Not 100% on that, but that's what he writes about, you know, and uh, the autism epidemic and all this other stuff. So he's coming, of course. Uh, Crow Triple Seven and Jason Lingram, they're going to uh, screen their film, Shoot the Moon. That's what it's called, Shoot the Moon NYC. And then there's going to be a Q&A right after that. Man, um, we already have a decent amount of tickets sold, man. I'm very excited because I didn't know how many people were going to show up to this. I really didn't. You know, and, um, whatever. Like I, 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 I'm not one that really cares about money. I put it on my credit card and deal with it later. See? <laughs> and, uh, uh, it, it's, 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 it's paid for itself at this point And it's, it's awesome. And I'm, I'm just glad that people are interested in it coming down. It's going to be a nice crowd. We're going to have freaking fun. Yeah. We're going to have fun. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. Now that the anxiety of are people going to come is gone. People right. are coming. You know, so, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm very happy. I'm, I'm I'm way more excited about it. You know, I'm going to be there. Uh, maybe Ray will be there. We might get some of the horsemen there. It, it, it's going to be a fun time. You know, we might get Mr. Boone. Can you come? I will try. I will, I will try. You know, come on. I, I, when you guys announced it, I was like, I, I really do want to come. We'll see what happens. All right. All right. I won't hold it against you if you don't. But uh, if you do, let me know. Hit me up, man. I um, definitely will. I, I had a blast. Really- yeah, I saw that. I'm, I'm really glad you came on. I, I, like I say, I love your show, and uh, yeah, just I, I love hearing your stories and stuff. And uh, glad you came on. And thank you, thank you for listening. I appreciate the hell out of it. 
Yeah. Uh, and um, and thank you for inviting me on, both of you guys, man. I, I had a blast, man. And um, you're an interesting guy, man. You're an interesting fellow. I don't know about that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I definitely like to talk music. I could talk music all freaking day long. You know, I, I talk, I'll talk to you about the disco scene and how how awesome it was. Wow, that's a whole other show. <laughs> and, you, and you guys disown me. Um, but uh, but yeah, man, it's 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 such a beautiful thing. Music can make you can make you cry and and uh and it can make you happy at the same time it can make you angry you want to bash somebody's head in you know or it can make you want to slam dance you know mosh i've, I've been in several mosh pits in my life one, <laughs> one time I, i'll tell you one thing before we take off i was at a i went to go see seven dust it was seven dust static x um chevelle and i forget there was another band it was four bands forget the other the other the other band whatever so Seven Dust comes on, and they, they were headlining. I'm like, yup, it's time. I forgot what song came on, and we were like, screw it. Going to the pit, me, A-Track Brown, a couple of other people. We're in a pit, losing our minds. Somebody is, um, of course, body surfing. But um, they either threw him up in the air and didn't catch him, or he jumped. And no- Anyway, his, his foot hit my head. <laughs> It just like, and I literally dazed back and forth. I didn't fall because I think A Track held me up. He yeah. said, "You okay?" I'm like, "Yeah, man. I think I'm fine. I'm fine." And we kept going. Um, but uh, that that was a, a close call. Yeah, and that was the worst I've ever got got hurt at a match at a match. <laughs> but um, I'll do it again, man. If Rage Against the Machine gets back together, boy, we, we are moshing. It's gonna be freaking great. You know what I mean? Like. I, you're never I'm gonna just, catch me in the mosh pit. Oh, come on, come <laughs> You're never on. gonna catch me outside the mosh pit. I'm, I'm 50 years old, and I was in the pit at PRI last week. What I'm talking about? That's what well, I'm talking I, about, Unc. I knew I, I liked you for a reason. I was stuck on the guardrail at uh, a Life of Agony show in New Jersey, <laughs> and they started the pit, and my friend got his ribs broken, and I got out of there. <laughs> oh, One time I was at Woodstock '99. At Woodstock '99, I was there with a track Brown, a couple of my friends. And um, a track just freaking loses it. I don't know what happened to him. He falls on the ground. And this is Woodstock 99 now. There were 50, 60, 70,000 people out there. We're working our way to the front to go see Rage Against the Machine because it, it was uh, uh, Dave Matthews, right, performed. Then it was Alanis Morissette. After Alanis Morissette, it was uh, Limp Biscuit. Rage Against the Machine, Metallica. Somebody was gonna die. <laughs> Somebody was gonna die. Like you know, and and, uh, and Limp Bizkit did their best to um, start a riot. Yeah. I mean, I, I've never seen, and I, I hated Limp Bizkit. I hated them, yeah. but I loved them that 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 day. Like, it, I mean, it, even looking back, it's like, wow, what a what a live performance they they put on. So much energy. I love I love energy on stage. And, they ripped it. Those were incredible musicians. I was never a big fan of Fred Durst, but yeah, the musicianship so of Limp Biscuit. Oh my god! All right. But anyway, H. Brown gets kicked in the stomach. I think something happens, and he falls. And one guy goes, "Hey, man, this guy's dead, man!" And everybody like just spreads out. So it's it's a it's a big circle. A tracks laying in the middle of it. Me and my friend pick him up and and hoist him over a guardrail um, that was there. I I don't know if it was like um, they were doing uh, the the sound system or it w- or if it was a medical thing. I'm not sure, 
We just threw them over there. And we went over there, too, as a result. And we had the best seats in the house for it for a while right. because no one was bothering us. Everybody was going nuts. And I'm on top of this thing with a clear view of Limp Bizkit. Only bad part is we had to take track back to the tents. So I missed the beginning of Rage Against the Machine, and I wanted to shoot him for it. But uh, I got back out there, and then uh, we got there for the full Metallica set. We had fun. Woodstock was amazing. I miss real music so much. I really do. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, well, where can people hear the Infinite Fringe, Billy? You can find me on uh, Truth Frequency Radio Live uh, every Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern. You can find me on iHeartRadio Live every Sunday, 7 p.m. Eastern as well. Um, tune in radio, same thing. Uh, HackerHameen.podbeam.com, right? The Hacker Media Group. Uh, you can find it there, the podcast streams. Now, sometimes there's different shows on TFR than on Hacker Media. I try to do that. I did that all summer. I don't think I could do it anymore, actually. So, because <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm kind of busy now. It's so a lot of work. It'll probably be um, the same show. I have another show coming out at some point. I can't really get into it right now. I need to. I need approval for it, but um, that's going to happen. Um, and you can find me over at theinfinitefringe.podbeam.com, The Infinite Fringe on iTunes. Take it on the go with you. Download it. Give me a five-star rating if you yes. like it. And if you hate it, send it to somebody that does like it so they can give me a five-star rating. Okay? awesome (laughs) again thank you so much billy for coming on really appreciate it you're a lot of fun awesome guys appreciate you guys man all right times yep all right billy have a good night very cool guys i enjoyed the hell out of it man we're gonna have you guys on uh on wednesday locker room let's 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 pick a day when you guys can do it well it's only wednesdays i mean tuesday nights sorry but um if you guys are interested in coming on but i loved you guys had yeah. nothing but good things to say about you guys, man. Yeah, Bello's a cool guy. Yep. Yeah, Bello is a cool guy. Don't tell him I said that. Um, <laughs> but uh, but you guys should come on, man. We'll we'll kick it. We'll have fun, man. It'll it'll be kind. It'll be cool. We'll we'll send you guys some dates, and if you guys can make it, great. Um, Mr. Moon, you gotta come. It's, it's named after you. I, I Shoot know. The moon. No, noon, not moon. <laughs> it's not moon. It's clues. No, it's noon, like twelve o'clock noon. Really? Yeah. I've been calling you Peter Moon this entire time. Yeah. Oh, you have been? Well, I can't really hear you, so. Uh, I fine. can hear you, but it, it sounds like. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I, I, I have that accent that it did. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like either or. It doesn't matter. Right. Well, that's fine then. Well, well now you know. I like Moon better. <laughs> well, Moon is fine. Moon is cool. Is that your real name? Yeah. That's an awesome real name. That is my. Because it I sounds like it. a rock and roll name. Does it really? And, and I thought it did. Like, I, I, I would have sworn for sure that. Uh, well, there was that drummer, uh, Peter Noon, so. Yeah. Wait, was he a drummer? I don't remember. I don't know the name. I know, I know there is a Peter Noon. I don't know. It doesn't sound rock. It doesn't sound rock. Thank you. See you guys. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Awesome, Billy. Thank you All very right. much. And yeah, send us dates and we'll uh, we'll come on. All right, buddy. Appreciate it, man. Anything you need, hit, hit me up, okay? Very cool. We'll do. We're going to shows. We're doing this. Later, buddy. Let me know. See you later. All right. Hope you enjoyed Billy Ray Valentine. <laughs> Did you take a shower before uh, we came on? All right, good. All right, so join us next (laughs) week. Still sounds better than (laughs) one. All right, so join us. Join us next week 
Next week we will have uh, Patrick Scott on. Scott will? on. That's how right. Patrick Scott on. But we will have Patrick Scott on the show. <laughs> Scott on. Scott, Scott on. Oh yeah. Scott will be on. Scott will be on the show. Uh, he will be Scott. Scott. He will be talking about uh, Lars Ulrich and Metallica and some Megadeth, uh, uh, Dave Mustaine stuff. So very cool a little interview. Yep. We weren't sure what we were going to talk about, but when we got talking, it went very well, uh, fairly well, I think. Very informative stuff. So definitely give that a check out, and that'll be another two-part episode. And we will see you then. Ratsaddreview.com. Don't forget the Hameen Media Group. Go check them out. And we will have actually some more um, guests from their uh, network on. We got Michael Jargo. We talk about Halloween. And then we're going to do Album vs. Album with uh, Big Ray. And what the hell is the other guy? Oh, my, uh, Matt Schaffer is coming on to do another Album vs. Album. So check that out. Subscribe to our show. See you next week. Goodbye. Bye, y'all.